This is Micah Riot. I'm here with your favorite podcast, Ink Medicine. It is mid-July 2023. Can you believe it? And today I am bringing you a fun, a little bit of a clickbaity episode that I thought up as I was thinking about what I should record for you this week. It is 10 tattoo artist pet peeves. I'm going to do a countdown from 10 all the way down to one. And I will tell you what my pet peeves are. And they may not be every tattoo artist pet peeves, but they are some of the things that make me the most nuts about this job in regards to clients. But first, I would like to read you a review. One of my darlings, one of you left for me, um, or not just for me, here on Apple Podcast Reviews. So here's how that goes. The Ink Medicine podcasts are sculpted with such intricacy, such care, such tenderness, such vulnerability. These conversations create space for all of these beautiful things to flourish, inviting the listener to do the same. I've never felt so held by words before listening. You can feel the environment Micah creates with their presence and observing the ways in which they delve into the depth of themselves as well as the incredible individuals they bring into their space is such a pleasure. Listen, feel cradled. It's great. Thank you. Thank you, sweet darling. Your words mean so much to me. I'm so happy to have you as a listener. And other dear listeners, please, please rate and review the podcast. It really helps. It helps people find it. This is how we're going to grow. This is how I'm going to get the podcast into the ears of other people who will enjoy it just the way that you're enjoying it. So please send me a note in a way of a review and I will read it on the air. This episode feels a little bit dangerous to me, if only because people tend to take what I say very personally. So I'm going to say it even though I don't feel like one should have to. I'm going to say it. Nothing I say here is about you specifically, dear listener. If you're my client, if you were my client in the past, if you're going to be my client in the future, none of this is directly relevant to you. There are many ways to do a thing, and some of those ways will feel better, and some of those ways will feel worse to somebody else. So please don't take it personally. This is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not talking about you. I hope you find this informative and fun, just that educational and also entertaining. I would also like to make a note that this is not going to be a downer episode, even though they're pet thieves, I will give you the antidote to each one of them. So we're going to end on a high note every time. And some of these will be very funny. So here we go. At number 10, we have people asking for change for the money that they give me to pay for their appointment. That one just kind of baffles me. You know, it's not really wrong so much as just kind of annoying because I don't keep cash in the shop, you know, so maybe I have like a 10 or 20 in my wallet, but like, yeah, it's just funny if people are paying me in cash. It's kind of like bring whatever cash, you know, pay me in cash, split it if you need to, but like, I just, I don't have change. So that question baffles me. That is why it's number 10. It's just, you know, it's not a big deal. It's a very small pet peeve. Uh, your choices there would be 
pay me partially in cash and partially in card if you want to leave a very precise amount. Um, otherwise, bring your cash or um, use uh, any number of services because um, me and I would say most tattoo artists take most forms of payment. Although I understand that a lot of people prefer cash. Just, you know, bring what you want to give and give that amount. At number nine, we have people bringing smelly food and having very loud body language, like chewing. So clearly, you know, snacks are welcome. Even now in times of COVID, there's still, you know, I allow for people to like eat and drink in the shop, of course. Sometimes people need a snack while getting tattooed. I have lollipops. I keep like little energy bars around if people's blood sugar drops. Um, but it can be a little bit problematic when somebody brings in like a bag of, I don't know, like fast food and the space is pretty small and it kind of, you know, sometimes food has a strong smell and it's an intimate space. So it feels kind of invasive into my space. Like I don't want to smell it while I'm working. So maybe keep the food outside out there. You eat it in your car and then you come in. I feel a little bit judgy saying this, but it can really kind of ruin the vibe. It can really ruin the vibe for me. It can really, um, I don't mean to yuck anybody's yum, but I want my space to be pretty neutral when I'm working. So it can disturb. Um, so yeah, the antidote to that is eat before you come and then there's no problem. Okay, our next one, word number eight now. It's kind of a weird one to explain because it's so specific and doesn't apply to really any other situation. But it's when people send too many emails from different email addresses and also send too many references that are really hard to look at. Um, Like they're not organized in a file where you can see them all show up, but they're like file names and their attachments and then they're just like numbers you know so you don't know which one's which and there's like 30 of them so it makes it really hard to see first of all collect all of their information in one place like in my email you know if i'm getting ready for a client i will type in their name or their email address into the search bar and then see everything they sent me and then look over all the information that they sent as well as like the notes that I took on them, making sure it's, you know, all the same person, all the same information. So if people send me all different kinds of emails with different information from different email addresses, and then also their references are really hard to understand which one's which, and there's a lot of them. And also when people go like, I want a thing that's this thing, And from this picture, I do not like how this piece of it looks. Like, say, I don't know, they want a butterfly, right? And they'll be like, I'm sending you this picture to show you that I don't like these colors. And I don't like the way these body looks. And I don't like the way these wing shapes are on this third or fourth picture. Right? Okay, so that makes it really hard for my brain to actually understand what they want. And also, the information just becomes useless. So it's just kind of frustrating. So the antidote to that is have your references 
be kind of organized, you know, so it's at a glance, easy to see what it is you're asking for. Um, don't have like 20, 30 reference pictures have like, I don't know, 10 at most. Um, you really don't need that many because we do our own research. And once we understand what you want, we have a better idea of what we need to look for in order to provide you with what you asked for. So there's that. At number seven, we have when I'm doing the tattoo, right? We're in the room, we're getting going, and maybe it's a newer client. Maybe they haven't been tattooed very many times, but they keep asking for the design to be smaller and smaller and smaller. And I already told them that really small tattoos don't age well, don't look that great um, when they're done, but also don't age well. Over time, they're going to look worse. And this is kind of like, you know, very gently say, this is kind of the smallest I can make this. And then they go, what about a little bit smaller? How about 10% smaller? So this doesn't happen all that often, but when it does, it's a bit of a pet peeve because I want to give you the best tattoo I can give you. Um, so I understand that it's kind of scary getting a tattoo and you want it to be delicate and small, easily hideable, but like you're going to have a tattoo in that spot. If it's 10% smaller, it's still a tattoo. So are you rather, would you rather compromise how good it looks and how well it ages to just feel like it's a little bit smaller? It's actually not going to make a difference to people who see the tattoo. At number six, we have people miswriting my name, also misgendering me. I understand that everybody is comfortable with using they, them pronouns. So that one is, you know, I can let that go. Also, I haven't always gone by they, them pronouns. So people who've known me a long time um, oftentimes will say she, and some people will even say he, because I used to go by he in my 20s for a bunch of years. So I get it. You know, it's not super easy for everybody, and that's fine. Um, but miswriting my name, again, also could be a typo, but like my name is literally in all of my stuff. It's on my website, whatever. So if you're not sure how to spell my name, just go look it up, right? Like it's in my signature. Um, anybody with a name that's not very basic knows that people will misspell your name every which way. And it's so easy just to like go look it up, right? I make sure when I write down a name, even if it's a name that is common, like Jamie, like sometimes people will put the I behind the A and sometimes they will put the I next to the M after the M and I make sure and know which one's which, like which way the person writes their name. Or, I don't know, Kate, right? Kate can be spelled with a K or C. Anyway, it's not that hard. Just go look up the person's name. There's your antidote. Number five. I hate it when people watch me draw on paper. Not necessarily in their body, although I hate that too, because I will totally let you look. Or I might even draw on you in front of the mirror. And then, of course, you get to look. But mainly on paper. Like, if I'm drawing and the client is standing behind my shoulder and looking over my shoulder, watching me draw, I fucking hate that. Makes me nervous. Makes me feel just weird. I don't like being watched, you know? So, please don't. Just, like, yeah, we had a chat. I showed you what I had. Um, now, go 
I know you're curious. I totally get it. I know you don't mean to make me feel weird, but just like go back to the couch, look at your phone, read a book, like anything. And it's really awkward for me to be like, hey, um, could you please not watch me draw? I mean, I will say it anyway because I don't really care because my comfort is important to me. But like, I understand you're curious, totally get it. But don't, don't look over my shoulder. I don't think most people like that. At number four, I'm debated whether this is the four or three, but I'm going to put it as a four. People ghosting. It's kind of a big one. You know, they're wasting your time. They're fucking with your ability to make your bills because each day that you don't work, you don't get paid. So if somebody just ghosts you, um, you lose. You lose money. You lose your time. It's really frustrating. It sucks. So it's kind of a big one. Um, but yeah, they're apparently worse things to me. So <sighs> ghosting. It happened to me a few times most notably, the last couple times it happened to me was when I decided that I would forego the deposit. And instead of taking a deposit, I um, my system took the person's credit card. So I was like, oh, well, if they don't show up, I'll just charge their credit card. Well, if people don't show up and they know they're supposed to be there, but they don't want to communicate with you, they just lock their card. So you actually can't charge it, which um, it's hurtful. Like we made an agreement. The agreement was that you'd be here and that I was going to tattoo you. And it's a transaction we both agreed to to have with each other. So if you're not holding up your end of the bargain, the repercussion is that you still pay for my time because that is how my business works. And if you are making it impossible for me to get paid for my work, like it's just painful. Like we're humans who made an agreement. Basically you lied to me, but like, whatever, I don't know. I don't know you and essentially, you know, in the end of it all, it doesn't really matter. It's just like a blip in the ocean of my life. So of course, you know, you will lose access to me at that point. But um, I think the painful part is just the human part, the part where we made an agreement and you skipped out on it. And instead of holding your end of the bargain in some way or saying, okay, there's repercussions for this miss um, and I will be responsible for them. Instead of doing that, you just like ignore me, right? I'm trying to, I I will always text and say, are you okay? I was supposed to, we were supposed to have an appointment. You're not here. Um, So yeah, it's humanly painful for me. Probably not the same for everybody, but for me, it is. This next one, this is where I was debating whether or not this one would be number three or the other one will be number three. I decided this is number three. When people bring guests without asking and then insist that their guests stay in the room with us, that's really hard for me. It feels very disrespectful. I only have so much energy, especially um, on a day when I have two clients, especially on, I don't know, a season that is hard for me, like summer, it's hot, it's harder to tattoo, it's harder to be in a mask. We're in COVID, so any extra people at risk. If people bring guests in without checking in with me and maybe they don't check in with me because they know that I will say no because I say no to guests pretty much 100% of the time except for very um, very few exceptions when I already know the guest really well because they are a previous client of mine or a friend of mine in that case I say okay but regardless like more people in the room takes more energy for me 
And so if I'm surprised by a guest, um, it's just like an energy drain on me, you know, and I'm already expending a lot. So it just makes me feel like I don't didn't, you know, I didn't consent to this other like thing that's happening around me. And I'm supposed to also perform at my best, creating a tattoo that's going to be on someone's body forever and also be like a nice human while I'm doing it. So yeah, the antidote for that check in and please just listen to your tattoo artists boundaries. If they say no guests, no guests. Number two is a thing that happens somewhat regularly with different folks at different times. Because it's so common, I think it's one of the worst things that I experience ongoing, and that's why it's in this list. Because a lot of these other things, they don't happen very often. Like somebody asking me for change for their payment, I don't know, happened like a couple of times in my whole career. This other thing happens fairly regularly. So at number two, we have this type of occasion when, you know, I have a cancellation policy. Yeah, so my cancellation policy is a week of notice if you... Um, can't give me a week of notice, you lose your deposit. And if it's like closer and closer to the date, if it's a day of, especially I ask for like a payment, it's not a full day payment, but it's like pretty close. It's a few hundred bucks. It's, I believe it's 400 now. Um, so this thing happens sometimes when people have a thing happening with their bodies, like maybe they're starting to get sick or their partner is sick, but they're not sick or, they had a surgery that they're not healed from yet. So they, the day of the appointment, will message me and say, hey, my partner has a scratchy throat. I feel fine. What do you think? And like, I don't have the luxury to be like, oh, it's fine. I'll take the chance. Like, no, I have to say like, no, you're not coming in. Like we're canceling this appointment. But because they're making me do the cancellation, it's much harder than to say, hey, you cancel last minute, you owe me money. Or in another case, if somebody is like, they come in and they'd had like a major surgery and they're clearly not healed. And they're like, let's get tattooed. And I'm like, no, dude, you can't get tattooed when you're healing from a major surgery. Like you have, you know, like, I don't know, things happening in your body. Like it shouldn't not be like my place to decide that you're an adult, take responsibility you're not supposed to get tattooed if you're healing from a major surgery or you have a big cut or you have an active infection or your your partner is sick. Like you're going to probably get sick too. Don't make me decide that for you because what's really happening is that you're manipulating me into feeling bad and not charging you my cancellation fee, which just, it just sucks. Like that's what's happening for me, even if you're not realizing it. And the fact that you don't then offer you know, like the, the great thing to do, the antidote to that would be to say, okay, now that we've decided that this is not a good idea, a decision that, you know, you, my tattoo artist made for my well-being, or maybe also your well-being, right? Like we want to protect each other. Um, now that this decision has been made, how about, you know, what's the cancellation policy? Remind me, let me pay you some money. Do I owe you any money? Any of those questions, do I owe you money? That's a great question to ask when things like this happen. So don't make me decide and then pretend like it was my decision. So you're not at fault here. So you're not gonna, you know, have the consequences of having my day be wasted, essentially. That's a huge, huge, big pet peeve of mine. 
Okay, so this last one at number one, it's kind of like the most intense and serious one for me. If I feel this way when I'm working on you, I will probably not work on you again. So it's when people treat me or tattoo artists, us, like we're servants or we're furniture, like we're things, like we're only there to fulfill this one thing that they need us to do in a really specific way, according to their specific specifications. Um, and that we don't get to have boundaries or needs or feedback or feelings or, you know what I mean? So I guess the way, what makes me feel this way is in one instance when somebody who was really lovely that I was tattooing one appointment, I believe she checked in with me too, but she brought a few friends of hers in. It wasn't just one, it was like two or three people. And they were kind of like excited, giggly, upper-class, middle-aged women, all white. And I felt completely invisible when they were there. Like they just talked over my head to each other. They wandered around my space like it was their space. There really wasn't anything specific they did that really bothered me, but I felt disrespected by the way that they talked around me, by the way they took up all the room, air, by the way they treated me like I wasn't actually really there, or like I was a machine just fulfilling a transaction between me, like between my client and me. And it wasn't actually a person worth of engaging with. They didn't ask me any questions. They didn't really acknowledge my presence there, even though it was my space. So that's a very specific time I remember feeling this way with a client, or it wasn't even my client, it was the friend's. And then, you know, a couple other times it happened also with clients dis disrespecting my boundaries around having people in the room, just like pushing their agenda, no matter like what I said, uh, also makes me feel like that, kind of like dehumanized. When people argue with me about design or size, like to, you know, really intense extent, where it seems like they know better. In one case, somebody was insisting that I do a really specific color on her skin that I did not feel like would work or would look good or would really um, even do what she wanted to do. So I said, I don't feel comfortable with this. I'm not going to do it. And we had a giant fight about it. She felt like I was being disrespectful, not just not being obedient to what she wanted. And I felt like she was being boundary steppy because I did not feel comfortable with what she was asking for. So why would I tattoo something on somebody I'm not comfortable with? If I don't think it's going to look good, if I think it's a bad idea, I'm not going to do it. No matter how much you want it. It's kind of a finer, more delicate topic. And it's something that isn't easy to put your finger on. It's just a way that people treat you. And usually there's other people involved. So again, it's kind of a group think situation. It's really almost never happened when it was just me and the client, just the two of us, one-on-one. -on -one. It's kind of a hard one to explain. I don't know if I did a good job. I hope you understand what I'm saying. 
And the antidote for that is, I don't know, just consider everybody in the room. Like make sure everybody in the room is feeling seen in some way. That's it. We got through our top 10 tattoo artist pet peeves. Pretty specific to me, I would say. I don't know if other tattoo artists would say that these are their pet peeves. I'm sure lots of people have their own lists of this type of thing. People who work with people, you know, like people be peopling. It's just like how it is. You know, people, they're going to be peopling. And I love people. And sometimes it's all a lot. It's a lot to work with people every day, day in, day out. But for the most part, I love it. It just, you know, it gives me life. And that's why I do it. Okay, my darlings, have a very, very excellent end of your week. Have a great weekend. Please, please, please hit subscribe if you don't already. Rate, review, and hit me up if you have anything to say. And yeah, just tell me what you think. If you have a thought, I'd love to hear it. There's a anonymous form for submitting comments that you can find through my Instagram handle, which is Micah Riot. So use that if you like, and I'll talk to you very, very soon.